It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you live coverage of the Girls and Boys NSAA High School Soccer Championships from Morrison Stadium at Creighton University. Monday, May 13th, see Class B girls at 8.30 p.m. Central and Class A girls at 8 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Kicking off our number two here on Herd at Sports Radio, numero dos. I'm Robbie Lula. That's Andrew Rogers. We're on AM 590 ESPN Omaha and ESPN Tri-Cities. Joining us now on the Warhorse Sportsbook Hotline is our guy Michael Rose Ivy, former Nebraska Cornhusker, current high school uh, head football coach of the Chrisman Bears. MRI, how you doing this morning? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. It's well, getting a little colder out in the morning, so it takes a little while to get the body warmed up. Right, so. Hey, I, I know how you feel. I think I'm even a little bit older than you are, so I uh, I, I understand <laughs> the wear and tear that goes on there. Um, Michael, as you look back at how things transpired uh, against Maryland last week, um, you have a better feel for this than I do, obviously, having been in those locker rooms, but when you've got a quarterback who is struggling the way Jeff Sims is, and it seems to be kind of a, I, I mean, I'm sure it's a mental thing at this point for him. How would you feel if he gets trotted out as the starter on Saturday against Wisconsin? Does it affect your confidence at all? Does it affect kind of the attitude in the locker room? I know he's one of their guys, but with the way it's gone this year, how does that impact the way the team views what's about to happen? I think it all depends on, you know, how he's carrying himself. You know what I mean? You know, there's a couple ways that guys go about it, right? I'm I'm struggling. I'm not a part of the game plan, part of the team that I want to, or when I do get, you know, I'm not doing my best. Um, you know, I'll sulk. You know, I'll be a lone wolf. I'll, I'll kind of hold myself uh, away from the team and, you know, maybe finger point, you know, or he could be a guy that, you know, hey, we, we genuinely see that he's working. You know, it's very unfortunate, you know, the situation and the struggles he's had. But, you know, we see he's continuing to work. He's coming in the same guy. Um, you know, he, he's not blaming others for, you know, his, his mistakes. You know, um, it really just depends on that. You know, I think that's that, that kind of individual aspect of those type of things, you know, when a guy is struggling, especially at the quarterback side, because there's such a big spotlight on it um, that, you know, you – you want a guy that's confident in himself. You want a guy that, you know, feels confident in what's being called and, you know, what position he's being put in. So, um, you know, I think it all depends on how his approach has been this, this week. Uh, I mean, obviously they've, they've given quite a few reps to, to a lot of guys this week. Um, uh, but, yeah, we, you got to find the, the best guy to give you the best opportunity to win this week. And I think that's one thing you know, I already heard the fans talking about, you know, transfer portal and you want to get another quarterback and stuff like that. And, 
you know, I think the, the, the mindset, the focus on, you know, what guy gives us the best chance to win each week, and, and let's go with him. MRI, let's go back to last week quickly. The turnovers are the easy choice, but was there anything else you took away from that game that had you scowling at the product you were seeing on the field? Um, I, I just think the passing game, you know, I, I, you know, I hear the rhetoric. I know everybody wants to run, run the damn ball and, you know, get back to smash my Husky football. But, man, in, in 2023, man, if you don't have a, a efficient, I'm not saying a, a crazy explosive, you know, 350, 400 yards, but if you don't have an efficient passing game, right, where you can be consistent and completing, you know, basic route concepts, you know, your hitches when you're getting off coverage, you know, taking a chance maybe on a deep ball that's structured and put together with some play action stuff. Um, you know, I, I just I just think that's like that's the biggest thing. I mean, you look at I mean, Nebraska almost outgained them in yards and only had eighty six yards you know, passing, you know what I mean, or something like that. So, um, you know, just just the inefficiency of the passing game, you know, is always a uh, you know, thing for me that I I think it gets overlooked. Yeah, everybody wants to run the ball. Um, but the way defense are structured nowadays, they're they're okay with giving up, you know, five yards in the run. Right. Everything's about not giving up those big explosive pass plays, and you Nebraska got to find a way to first off be just efficient enough to, uh, you know, put together drives, but then also be able to open up some things for their run game, um, and for some some bigger shots down the field. So I think just the passing efficiency is, is definitely something that um, has to be a priority in the future with whoever's going to be the guy uh, beyond 2023. Michael, when you watched the last drive of the game for Maryland last week, where they Obviously, they get the interception, and then they drive down the field for the game-winning field goal. What did you think happened with the defense on that particular drive? They'd been pretty successful throughout the day. They had given up a couple big shots here and there over the course of the game. Was that just a matter of fatigue setting in, or, or how did you see that playing out for the defense in that final drive? I mean, there's a lot of variables there. Obviously, you know, you're, you know, what, 10-10? Um, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you get that interception, and you're feeling, you're feeling like, hey, this is one we're gonna we're gonna get out, get out of. You know, we'll be able to say, hey, hard fought win. You know, defense played well, helped the offense. You know, even when they struggled, yada yada. And then you you get that interception, and you coaches defense, defense, right on the sideline, and it's that sudden change, you know, where you gotta be a fireman, right? And it's the two mentalities of you know, put out the fire and save lives, right? And then football for a defensive person, right? Uh, putting out the fire, stopping the offense momentum. And, uh, you know, not putting points on the board and saving lives. So, you know, you get into that mentality too many times, right? <laughs> you kind of get uh, a little fatigued mentally. Um, I, I think, too, just, I mean, Maryland, we knew Maryland had some ability to make big-time pass plays. And I think when it was time for them to just be able to let, you know, Talia be, you know, be him and kind of do him, I mean, he, that, that's what he's showing his flashes, you know what I mean? Um, and I think at a certain point, you know, uh, you, know you get some breakdown and some coverage spots and, uh, you give some some easy stuff up early in the drive, and it's like, oh, we're already in field goal range, right? So um, I, I think it's a mixture of, you know, play calling. I think also the just a sense of urgency in some spots. Um, but then also, like I said, you answer that bell too many times in one night, right? You know, it's, it, 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 gets, it gets tough mentally, right? But at the end of the day, right, if you're going to be a black shirt, you want to, you know, talk about the prowess of the defense and them doing that stuff. Hey, like I said, you got to be a fireman. You know, if that bell rings, it doesn't matter how tired, how sore, how mentally tired, what's going on off the field. Et cetera, et cetera, right? We got to put out the fire and we got to save lives. So, um, and I, I think I think with with what they've done so far this year, you know, they've shown that they again can show that consistently. Um, but you know, just in that moment, they, they they did not get the job done. MRI coach White has taken 
this defensive unit, which ranked out of the top 55 last season and turned them into a top 10 defensive unit uh, with an incredible increase in efficiency. What's impressed you most with this defense's turnaround under the first year Nebraska DC? I, I think that it can be duplicated, you know what I mean, in multiple seasons. And the reason why I say that, if you look at the list of guys, you know, that have gotten snaps, you know, whether it be rotation, um, you know, playing maybe, hey, you're at the, you know, the weak safety, you know, this we're going to play you at the strong safety, you're at the rover, right, or, you know, we're going to, you know, hey, you're, you're playing some inside back, but let's get you on some rushes and, and maybe get you in third down and outside back as well and alternating. But just a different amount of people that have been out the table to make an impact on the defense. Um, just shows that, for one, there is a structure there, there's a system there of not only defense, like concepts, but there's a system of how they teach, right? And it's something that can be easily duplicated through, you know, um, from older guys to younger guys. And I think that's something that's really impressed me, just someone who's looking at the structure of defense and, and what they're doing. Um, you know, obviously, you had the talk coming into the, you know, the Big Ten, right? How, how can the 3 3 5 stop, stop the run game? You know what I mean? Um, so you, you know, they, they've answered that pretty well. I think they've done a good job. I mean, it helps when, you know, uh, you got Hutch Master. He, I mean, he, he, I think he's – if he doesn't take the steps he did this year and play at the level I think he's played, I think there's a, a different story. But when you play that, that type of front, you know, you need at least one or two guys to really be able to take the pressure off of, you know, those linebackers because we're asking them to be in run-pass conflicts in this defense a lot. So, um you know, I, like I said, I just think being able to teach the system and for a lot of people to get a lot of reps and be able to, you know, make contributions to the defense is probably the most impressive thing, uh, you know, that I've seen. MRI, when you look at the offense, and obviously they've they've struggled quite a bit. They've struggled in the passing game in particular. It seems like in the passing game, each of the three quarterbacks we've seen have struggled a little bit in the same areas in terms of reading and seeing the defense well and, and the coverage well. How much of that do you put on the individual quarterbacks themselves and their decision-making? How much of you do you put it on the QB development, especially for guys like Harburg and Chubba Purdy that hadn't played a ton of college football before this year? And how much of it do you kind of say, hey, this has been a, a really beat-up unit the entire season, and it's really just – not fair to be able to judge them based on who's been out like I guess not to play the blame game but like where do you put the responsibility for what we've seen it's not like going on a quick trip and uh, you know just hitting every fountain drink <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's uh it, it's really a it's a concoction right it's, sure uh, it, it, you know it's not as, as cut and dry as I think many want it to be um, I think all those things you mentioned um, have had a factor. Um, you know, I, I, I think, you know, it, I was listening to the radio here in Kansas City talking about how NFL offenses are down, um, you know, scoring, yardage, things like that. And, you know, as much as we think that there's this really readily available, top-notch, gunslinging, ready-to-go quarterback, um, you know, more than yesteryears or whatever the case may be, it really isn't, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you look at so there's really, I mean, three legit guys, and it's, it's a fight for four through 32, right? Um, you know, you look in college, it's very similar, right? you got the Drake Mays and Caleb Williams, and then everywhere else you got some guys that are playing well in some spots. But it, it, the star power is not there. So when you talk about quarterbacks coming in, even with Jeff Sims having some experience, um, and he, he struggled even where he came from at Georgia Tech. So um, I, I just think there's a mixture of all those things, I think, 
Um, I, I think Nebraska really has to look at what, again, I understand that the philosophy and wanting to get into this physical run game, but your quarterback can't be a part of 15, 20 snaps of, 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 of rushes, right? That, that can't be a part of your game plan every single week because you're going to have those injuries, right? You're playing a physical 15. You're playing a physical conference, right? Um, so I, I think it's a mixture of all those things. I think they're going to have to really look at what what kind of quarterback they really want, right? I know they want to run, but, I mean, if you can get these running backs like the way they've gotten them and have a room and stock up, they do. You know, obviously you have to produce at the level you think they're going to produce it, but, you know, I think you can find way, other ways to get the run game involved. But I really just think Nebraska trying to really look at the type of quarterback they want. You know, I'm not saying a guy that's going to be straight stand up in the pocket sit there, but you got to look at a guy that can throw the football, can be efficient with the football, and, um, you know, be a distributor. And I think, too, you got to have the receivers in there as well. I mean, that's been a thing that's room. Um, you've had a lot of young guys have to step up. I mean, the route separation may have not always been there. Maybe even the where the routes need to be at, when they need to be there, maybe isn't there just quite yet. So I think it's a big mixture of a lot of those things. And it's tough not to think they're definitely going to address. Norm, seeing Rule how he's approached this year, I know that's going to be something he's going he's gonna to look at very, very uh, closely. MRI, is there anything Wisconsin presents that has you thinking Nebraska is no match for this team? Um, not, not, I would, no, nothing I can say. I mean, obviously their defense is a defense. I mean, they're going to be who they are defensively, which I think that's the biggest worry. Um, if you get into another game uh, kind of similar to this one where you know, your defense is out there quite a bit. I mean, I'm looking at the Wisconsin, just checking out the box score from last week. They threw the ball 45 times um, <laughs> last week. Um, so, I mean, they and, and they had some success making some big plays with the receivers. So, um, you know, I, I would say there's nothing that would say that, you know, Nebraska can't win this game. Um, you know, I, I think that this, as much as Rule wants to play out the psyche, I think the psyche uh, might be there for some guys. You know what I mean? You're going to, you're going to Camp Randall. It's 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 a it's a raucous environment. It's a different environment. It's one you hear about, right, when you first sign on to go to the Big Ten school. So, um, you know, I, I think it's going to be a very very interesting matchup. You know, I, again, the offense versus their defense kind of my biggest my biggest worry. Right, create negative plays, bad field position, short yardage field position for the defense to have to play and defend. Um, but but hopefully they can you know find a way to be able to consistently move the football and uh, get some stops. And not a lot of big play. That's what is one thing, is, as well as they have been playing on defense, that those big pass plays, especially untimely third down, um, you know, trying to get off the field type of thing. You know, that's something that Nebraska has struggled a little bit with this year. Uh, so definitely want to make sure with, with how Wisconsin threw the ball last week that they can get off the field. How about this offensively? Nebraska will have to do what better than the Badgers in order to win? Better than their offense? Yeah, better, be- than- be- better than their offense. Um, not turn the ball over. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the that's the that's the layup. But it's like, man, if you can't make a layup, then why we shoot threes? You know, it's uh, it, it, it's 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 one of those things, right? They, they got they got to hold on to the football. You know, what I mean, I think it's more than just the no turnovers. Like I said, you know, being able to get first downs on drives, where you got to, we're obviously want to score every drive, right? With some drives, hey, we just need two first downs. If we got to punt it, let's punt it. Let's get our defense in a good field position um, and let them help us win on the field position battle. Uh, but, yeah, I, I just think that the turnovers and anything, I, I, the quarterback play has to – I'm not saying the quarterback, whoever plays or the, the summer quarterbacks that play, have to equal the production of the Wisconsin quarterback or 
be better if the defense is at a, a lights out level and obviously doing their job. But um, I, I think you got to clearly look at hey, at the end of the day, our quarterback played better than the other quarterback and made the, made the plays and then didn't turn the ball over. So um, I, I think they got I think they got a shot though. I mean, I, it's not something I don't think they're going there thinking hey, we're we're hoping and praying. You know, I think this is going to be a, a good physical battle, and I think. Um, it'd be good to see these type, two type of defenses on the field together. You know, hopefully Nebraska's offense can get some things rolling and put the points up. MRI, before we let you go here, uh, let's get a little prediction from you on how this game's going to go. Um, you think Nebraska's able to pull this one out? I, I think they can. You know, I've seen that uh, interview from uh, one of the Wisconsin players, you know, kind of had that, you know, some guys they figure out what they want to be here, standard, mm-hmm. all that stuff. So I think Wisconsin's going to come out, you know, a little, a little edge, but – um, you know, I, I think it probably comes out somewhere, you know, uh, I want to say 20s, but, man, I don't even know. <laughs> I'll say 17, I'll say 17, 13, Nebraska. All right, there we go. That's Michael Rose, Ivy. MRI, I know we won't be able to catch you next week because of Thanksgiving, uh, and I'm hoping we'll be talking to you before a bowl game. But uh, if not, I just want to say thank you so much for all the time you've given us this year. It's been a pleasure, and I'm sure we will catch up at some point during the offseason. We're thankful for you. Yes, sir. No, I, mean, I appreciate you guys having me back on this year. It's always fun to talk to you guys and you know, still be a part of the you know, Husker, Husker community. So I, I really appreciate you guys for giving me the opportunity. Absolutely, MRI. Once a Husker, always a Husker. Thanks, MRI. There you go. That's our guy, Michael Rose-Ivy, uh, joining us uh, to preview Wisconsin as he's done every week this year. Really appreciate all the time uh, that he's given uh, the show over the course (laughs) of the season. Uh, You can tell his passion for Nebraska football is still very strong even as he's back in his uh, home area around Kansas City. Just like the passion of one Trev Alberts, who we haven't really gotten to yet to talk about that extension that he got. Because you brought up a great point with BC the other day. About I say the other day, it was yesterday uh, or two all, days ago. All the days kind of run together. Um, <laughs> but I, I love that part. You brought up a great point of how football is kind of like the deciding vote on if Trev is successful yeah. or worth his extension. Almost nothing else matters. And, and, and nothing else matters, which is interesting to me but because I know there's a lot of truth to that, but I don't want to believe it because there's other things that – like surround Trev's duty. So the, the funny thing about it is, right, and I mean from a public perception standpoint, he might leave the athletic program in a much better place than it was when he took over from Bill Moose, right? That's definitely on the table. But from a public perception standpoint, if the Matt Rule hire doesn't work out, he's a bad AD. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Like in Power 5 football, athletic directors are judged on one thing and one thing only, and that is – their college football head coach hires. That's it. If you don't hire the right football coach, nothing else matters. Like now there's a couple places in the country, like Kansas, maybe North Carolina, Duke, where if they're exceptions. eight where you get, hey, it's it's the basketball coach. But like if Bill Self were to retire, right, the Kansas A D would be judged right. on yeah, who, like when John Shire came in. Yes, it, for Duke. Was, that was a huge That's hire for them. A bigger hire than Mike Elko was, mm-hmm. right? And Mike Elko's a great hire. But if John Shire doesn't work out, then the Duke AD is getting fired. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how good Mike Elko is, right? Same thing with Kansas. If, what about if John Cook were to retire? That's an interesting one. Now, it's a little bit different because with where Nebraska's at, I think they would kind of have their pick of 
basically mm-hmm. yeah they could get whoever they whatever really want. Coach. it's like Saban retiring yeah right like Alabama could get whoever but it's like Coach now, you retiring, still right? have to get it right yeah right you still have to get it right but it is I think Nebraska is in it was in a would be in a better position to get the volleyball coaching hire right because the pool of candidates is whoever you want it to be well I yes to some extent but also what which is what we've seen with Coach Rule you can pay him anything yes. like they have the money to pay whoever who what. You could go out and say, "Hey, Saban, I'll give you twenty million. Nebraska would fork over twenty million. Sure. Um, so, like, football has the money to get that hired too. The other issue with volleyball, in terms of like in Nebraska, that would matter for Trev Alberts and his job or whoever the AD is. But the truth of the fact, the truth of the matter is, as popular as volleyball is here in Nebraska, and this is not denigrating volleyball at all, it still is not in the neighborhood of football. It just isn't. Not saying it's not the quality of football. I'm not saying it shouldn't be, but for the just the pure volume of people that care about it, Trev Alberts will be judged on how successful Matt Rule's coaching tenure is at Nebraska. If three years from now Nebraska's fighting for Big Ten championships and spots in that 12-team playoff, right? Resounding success, no matter what it looks like in any other facet of the program. That's that's how college ads work. You are tied. We talked about it with with Cole and that uh, and the Kansas State job. Gene Taylor's success is because heavily dependent on of Chris, Kleiman. Chris Kleiman being so successful. He and we heard all the other things that he's done well, right? He hired a great basketball coach that took him to the Elite Eight and Jeremy Tang. Although I think they're struggling a little bit this year. Um, you've got the facilities that they upgraded. They upgraded the stadium. They they've done all these things. But guess what? If Chris Kleiman wasn't good, Gene Taylor's out of here. You know, it's funny that you say that because, yeah, that's a huge piece to it all. But the little things you have to do right, too, like stadium renovation. Mm-hmm. Like, I know it's a big price tag, but, like, that's a little thing in a big pool in terms of, mm-hmm. hey, are you going to stay in this role or are you going to get kicked out of it? The other thing with that was what Trev Alberts was able to pull off on Volleyball Day. Yeah. There's maybe. That's a huge deal. There's maybe five ADs in the country that had or have the stones to do something like that because that's so nationally televised yeah. and it wasn't huge opponents. Like, let's not get that wrong. No, it was it UNK was all, and Omaha. It was all this state and Wayne State, yeah. right? Well, Wayne State's in the state. Yeah. Well, D2 and, uh, and D1, yeah. right? That's all it was. And It uh, wasn't like they got Wisconsin in here and that was 92,000. If you don't sell that out, mm-hmm. that will get shown on TV and you will get laughed at nationally. I, I, for not selling out the way that the buildup was yeah. for that event. I and think so be, because he had such uh, such uh, – I'm going to use the word strength here. You know, we kind of laughed with, with Michigan earlier on saying, like, they, they yeah. didn't show any strength. It takes a lot of strength as an AD to be like, I'm going to take this risk. Yeah, it's conviction. I think it's, it's a lot of conviction as an AD to put yourself out there. And I'll give him credit because I thought, like, when they first announced this, I was like, man, if they get, like, 70000 that'd be awesome. And I think Trev and John Cook were both like, yeah, we want to sell out. And they put themselves out there and they got it. Um, Now, you do kind of have to talk about the differences between what makes you successful at a place like Omaha, where Trev was the AD before, and where he's at now. Obviously, you had that article from the the Flatwater Free Press a couple weeks ago about how uh, the Omaha Athletic Department – is not in a great financial position. And they hadn't been for a while, to which, be fair. Which is hard to, like, 
but it's such a different job is my point. It, it is a different job, but it's hard to believe too because there's only one source that like wrote about the memo. Yeah, and, and I'm assuming that it's that it's true. I don't well, it know. It has to be. I mean, you don't just take yeah. a, a memo and say that, oh, I'm I not assuming it's details. Trev's fault, but the point is the job is so much different, right? Nebraska's probably not ever going to be in a position where they're like, hey, we're at a budget shortfall. We, we need that. We need like a CFO in here to run our athletic department. Whereas smaller schools, places like Omaha, group of five schools, places that don't have football, it's a way different job. It's way more, hey, we have to figure out how to make ends meet versus Nebraska's just saying like, hey, if we get this thing rolling right, we never have to worry about money again. Coming up next, we've got more for Sports Radio.